Podcast, I mean, the technically speaking podcast. Uh, second week in a row we've started with John Berko. I am Aaron and I am joined by, as always, my good friend, Peter. How you doing? It's nice to be on the official John Berko uh, fan podcast. <laughs> it is. It's really how, nice. How have you been, Peter? You know, without Berko, no, I'm only kidding. I'm good. <laughs> I'm really good, actually. Good to hear. Good to um, hear. Had a good weekend. It's uh, spent yesterday. Took a day off, so it's like... It's, Getting back into the swing of things oh, on a Tuesday. Ah, uh, Tuesday is a Tuesday. We usually record on a, either a Saturday or Sunday for a Monday release, but it's a bit different because uh, holly bags are here. It's the Easter Easter holidays. Uh huh. It's uh, Easter holidays, uh, and you know we had a busy weekend, that kind of thing. We're uh, lucky enough to be flexible enough where we can record it. Tuesday at ten to two in the afternoon. I know. I, I, I suppose I. But we're, we're good to ourselves. And we are. We are. We're, we're good. Uh, so, just a wee, a wee quick run over today's agenda. Then, shall we say? So, um, the first thing we're going to discuss is uh, just about about a YouTube chat because we've got T Series versus PewDiePie. Now, can I just say? A thing. No, people are just about to switch off because they think that we are PewDiePie and T Series fans. No. I have no clue. <laughs> About I this have, filth. I have not subscribed to either. Um, so basically, what we're what we're going to do is just kind of explain what's happened and kind of give our outsider perspective. Uh huh. Because we're definitely outsiders. We're not. We're not. Don't have a vested interest in either, can you either do a of P- them. Can you do a PewDiePie impression? Uh, I cannot. PewDiePie. impression. So I've got to say, uh, like, Indian film and TV is not a particular interest of mine. That's just fair enough, I think. Uh, and PewDiePie is neither an interest of mine because sort of a, a bit, I don't know, a bit David Hasselhoff, a bit in on the joke, a bit sort of a parody of himself almost and that kind of thing. So I don't really bother uh, with with either of them. But I just think YouTube, there's been a lot of like YouTube history that's made the news uh, and this is another thing. In that, so we had like obviously the Gangnam Style video and when Google bought it in 2005 and that kind of thing. So just we'll just chat about YouTube and what we how we fondly remember it and just take a wee... That makes it sound like it's dead. I know, I know. <laughs> how we fondly this remember is, This is YouTube. one of the things that we fondly remembered when it's still like on the <laughs> upward curve rather than going like blockbuster where there's like two, two stores left. Was that episode episode 19? I think it might be. You know, uh, go back and have a listen because it was quite a good one. It was a crack, um, I like that one. And then what we're going to talk about, Pete obviously said, is uh, the Easter holidays, or if you're listening, I know we have a few American listeners. This spring break. Spring break. Uh, we call it Easter holidays. Um, <laughs> it's a lot less cool sounding. I know. Uh, but obviously with holidays coming up, um, the airline Huawei has just gone out of business. So we're going to talk about that. And, uh, you know, some holiday chat, which is always good. It's always good. Um 
So, to kick us off, YouTube, T-Series versus PewDiePie. Um, as Pete said, it's 10 to 2 on a Tuesday afternoon. So, basically, the reason this came to my attention, Peter, was because uh, PewDiePie had conceded that T-Series had overtaken it as the most subscribed channel on YouTube. Uh, so, so wait, what? what is T-Series? Did you say Indian film? T-Series is a, it's like it puts ads up for like Indian TV and film, I'm sure. They just put up adverts? It's a, it's a music record label and film production company, so music and film, like adverts and music videos and that kind of thing. So, so different because PewDiePie is almost like a character, is like a uh-huh. person? Uh, so T-Series is a 35-year-old company. Um... Obviously, uh, like fil- film and music almost go hand in hand in India because of like Bollywood films and that kind of thing. Um, so, the twenty nine channels altogether have one hundred and forty million subscribers. So, is it a cumulative rather than one channel? This is their main channel, right? Okay, their main channel currently, as we record right now, has ninety two point three million subscribers. Uh, which, if you think about that from a perspective of the country we live in being Scotland, that's like more than 18 times the population. Uh, and so basically PewDiePie had come out and said, right, I said, game's up. It was a, it was a, it was a decent fight, but T-Series have won. So how many subscribers did PewDiePie have? Well, Pew- PewDiePie currently ha- now has 92.46 million. The game so is on. Exactly. So there's 160 million. So people keep subscribing to PewDiePie to keep this alive. It's basically just classic and on the culture I suppose um, so basically uh, I don't really have a vested interest in it but th- think about that amount of people and the amount of publicity that the two of these are getting out of this, it's it's quite staggering. Well I think that's something that we could probably dig into a little bit deeper maybe with YouTubers that we are a little bit more familiar with that these YouTubers are now becoming part of culture. Uh-huh. What was just a little niche online recording videos is now Becoming part of the mainstream, like that KSI guy, that, like with there's like fights and stuff like <laughs> no. that. Man. Uh, well, that was that not pay per view? It was pay per view, man. Uh, so you've got like a thing, you've got that kind of thing, and then you've got like. Uh, so obviously, I'm like doing teaching for those of, for those of you who don't know, uh, and one of the things that people keep saying. <laughs> What was that? That was me going to KSI's profile oh, right. to see how many subscribers he had. That was all. Is that a wee autoplay? It was an how autoplay. How many does he have? He's got 20 million. 20 million. 20 million. 20 million. Um, He's going on a tour, apparently. My God. He's touring Glasgow. Oh. 29th of May, mate. We need to be there. All the Spice Boys will be there. Wow. Uh, so. <laughs> sorry, that was almost unnecessary. Aye, so. Basically, um... Where was I? I've totally lost my train of thought <laughs> with that. Uh, I can't even remember what I was saying there, Pete, do you know that? Well, we're talking about um, KSI fights, we're talking about how other YouTubers are, are becoming uh-huh, a bigger part of culture. So, like, I'm obviously doing teaching and stuff, and basically Great what, podcast. what I've heard from teachers <laughs> is that you now get children who, when you ask them what they want to be, so we would have said, like, I don't know, like, astronaut, footballer, like a, like, I don't know, race driver, like, just the usual kind of thing, you, you know, get a YouTuber. So what did you want to be when you were growing up? Just total side, I'm Ge- curious. Genuinely, uh, I went through, so what kind of age are we talking, like, really um, young? Whatever. So when I was really young, it was obviously, like, like, might play first name, that kind of thing. Like All the Um 
if it wasn't for the knees. Uh, and then... <laughs> Uh, it's a crux at fives level they, and professional level. Oh my god, you won't <laughs> believe it. It's the, it's the after it's the three G pitch. You see, long term, they absolutely ruin you. Um, so that obviously that was when I was younger, uh, and then I went through high school and went through like a load of things. So there was the uh, I just wanted to do architecture at one point, and then so you did. Graphic communication came along. We you did. We won't talk about that. Uh, then we had. I wanted to do accounts because I actually really enjoyed accounts in school. That I mean, I, so did I. I actually really enjoyed accounts. Looking I, back, I mean, I was I was a hellishly boring child. Um, but no, but I think accounts was one of those satisfying things that you just kind of worked through there, it. There was so much to do. And um, then in the end, if you got it right, it was so satisfying. Uh-huh. Like a I, wee, I can understand like it. Like a wee profit and loss account you, you do, yeah. Your, your income, your ex- oh, that's income and expenditure, but you know what I mean? You, you, get your, you get your net profit, you go all the way down, you get your gross profit. If you've done everything right, you get the right answer. You're just sitting there like, ah, here we go. This is exactly. fantastic. Um, so basically the thing, that, the thing that threw me off that was uh, the, the higher English debacle that I had in high school. Uh, then I wanted, basically I decided... Rather than pick a career, pick a degree that could get me a career and loads of different things and then I'll make my mind up further down the line. And didn't know what I wanted to do for years, basically, all my way through uni. Got through uni, took a year out of the end of uni, didn't know what to do <laughs> still. And then I was like, I'll get teaching, I go, why not? I like it. Uh, what about yourself? So, for me, I have, I don't really have a, a lot of memories of like the classic wanting to be a footballer or a race driver. Um, I didn't really get into football till I was about eight or nine, so like P three, P four. Um, so I kind of felt like all those kind of stupid things that you wanted to do. I don't really remember that. My first real memory was to be a designer, like a product designer almost. Right. Um, so I was quite artsy as a kid. Like as much as I was like, I was like really young. I was like into tech and into computers and stuff. Like I had that. I definitely had that side of me, and I knew that I always wanted to do something with it. So. Right. But I also had, so I had like the the two kind of key ones were website design. So I remember I wanted to make just websites and I remember in primary school making websites just for random things. I will never forget showing my primary six teacher a Doctor Who website that I made. <laughs> oh my God. Um, I, I remember doing that. I remember making really just like just websites for the sake of making websites. I had one called like Radical Games because I'd found like a website that you could embed games. Right. Um, so, w- so I remember like just making these like weird and wonderful websites, but then also being quite artsy and like I used, I had like this real infatuation with like um like design, like in car like cars for some reason was something that really um stood out to me growing up. Um right. This is going to sound really bad, but I remember being like really into boring cars. Like I really didn't enjoy the idea of, I didn't like the idea of uh, like supercars and stuff like that. So like I remember my, I got a good slagging for this off a couple of school pals. But um, one time I got asked by a member of family, if you could have any car, what would it be? And I turned around and said, a Fiat Punto. Oh my God, the old square back. Yes. (laughs) Um... (laughs) So yeah. I got a good slagging for that. Um, what else? Literally, honestly, PR any car, money, no object. 
I'm sticking with that one point two liter. I think I, th- I think my go to after that was a Citroen C4 because I really liked the advert for the Citroen C4. It was like <laughs> right. the car turned into a transformer. Right. And I remember thinking that I was like, yes, I wanted. Yeah, you have cars. to. What you have to wonder, considering you have to be 17 in the UK to drive, who turning a car into a transformer is aimed at? No idea. No idea. Potentially kids saying to their mums and dads, that looks like a nice car. I don't know why, when I was growing up, the kind of cars I really liked were like the sort of BMW M5 type cars. Why? Old man cars? No, I I really, there was something about it where I was just like, I really like that motor. Like it just... (sighs) Me and you, man, we kids and we're Citroen C4 (laughs) and BMW M5. We're brown brazels, we're bloody... Leather elbow patches Pads. and stuff like that. Aye. Um, so yeah, like it's always been either web design or product design, but product design it manifested itself in car dashboards. <laughs> yeah, Pure, like, purely the dashboard, like with a, the, like a, like with a the, removable Kenwood stereo. Like, like <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't like that. It was actually like it was much more like minimal. But like um, it was when like only the fancy cars had like the. The sat nav built in, like the, right. the full car Aye. screen, like your sort of Mercedes S class and yeah. above type. So I remember like really liking the idea of just having like a really simplistic. So like I I remember like I really like the dials on like a mini, like the really Aye, big the, so, the one big dial, the one big dial. So I really liked that, and then I really liked the idea of just having a screen, and that was kind of the two main things that were in the middle of the car, just right. like what a Tesla is now essentially. Aye. It's ahead of the curve, mate, if you don't mind uh-huh. me saying. You'll but you'll un- catch up, catch up, mate. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, that's been that was one of my weird ones of what I wanted to do when I grew up. So uh so not, not not a YouTuber. <laughs> not a YouTuber uh, at any point. I never never really wanted to make movies, make well, I mean, stuff we, like that. We we kinda we kinda missed well I suppose we didn't, but we I did have a YouTube account growing up. Uh-huh. And I made like alternative Assassin's Creed trailers. Oh my god! Okay, what is the name of that YouTube channel? No idea. Can Honestly, can't so, remember. I'd um, love to show you, but it's. Do you not have a video on YouTube and it's the two of us at an elbow concert and it's got like sixteen thousand views? I think I do. Yeah, I'm going to try and look that up. It, when that was twenty eleven. Yeah, elbow live at the SCCC in Glasgow. The SCCC Hall Four. Exactly. Uh, let's see then, shall we? 15th of March 2011, that was over eight years ago, that gig. That was, my, is, that was my first ever concert, and I remember writing an essay about it in uh-huh. higher I, English. I think I wrote an essay about it in English as well, but... I obviously got a better grade, Chief. Well, clearly, <laughs> uh, I can't even remember what song it was. It was the, it was the, it was the first song. Oh, Lippy Kids, was it not what they owned with? Oh, it would have been, because it was that, it was a... Uh, Build a rocket, boys, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I'm. I'm current- oh, I found it. I think. No, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's going to play. It's going to play. No. Oh no no. <laughs> um, great, great podcast content. This as we literally just try and sell. I'm just for- trying to find it so that we can post it on the on the socials. Uh, but yeah, we can find it later on. So YouTube's one of those things. Uh, it first came to my attention when it hit the news that Google had bought it in 2005. Did Google buy it from Yahoo? No, no the, it, was the, just, it was their own thing. Or Google and, uh, bought Yahoo, didn't they? Or am I going no, mad? No, they did not. What did, who did Google? Google bought another thing around then. But uh, they bought it in 2005. Uh, and that was when it first sort of really began to ramp up the popularity. And then I remember the first kind of smartphones people had. They had YouTube and do you remember the wee icon? The wee old looking brown TV? That was uh, the iOS um, icon, icon for YouTube, it. yeah. Uh, that, that's basically my first memories of YouTube, and then it being like 
the, the still classic thing is that you can't minimise YouTube and listen to a video. I found it. Have you found it? I have found How it. many views does it have? 15,935. My God. That's just, just saying, mate. Uh, what I will say is if we do post it on social media and people do listen, my singing. Eight so years can ago, I just go through my YouTube account? Since we're, since we're on awful. YouTube, I want to talk about my Aye, YouTube account. It, so I've got a, a video called Snow, which has got 22 views. <laughs> <laughs> Fireworks at the Glasgow George Square, oh. 32 views. Right. Scotland versus Spain, Hampden Park. I forgot you went to that game. 20, 23 views there. The I, really, I really, really hit it big. Elbow Live, Build a Rocket Boys Tour, 15k views. Snow Patrol, live at the SEC, 2012. Oh my God. Then it was Richard Hawley, live in Glasgow. Richard Hawley, I forgot you went to see him. The Black Keys, Gold on the Ceiling. That was a great gig. Uh, Dark Side, and then Yellow. And I get 3.4 thousand. But Elbows was my... It's my go-to. That's your biggest hit yet. 15k, mate. That's, that's nearly 16. It's like I know. 65 views away. Um, I have one video on my YouTube channel. Oh my God, what is it? Uh, I don't even want to read the title Tell of it. Tell me. Uh, the title of it is uh, Chris Smith's Viscous Joby. <laughs> oh no, what? No. No. <laughs> no, Pete, honestly, it was basically, I took a Snapchat when I was at uni with two guys I went to uni with. And just, do you know that way you just catch a perfect moment on video? If you, you're going to look it I'm, up. I'm currently looking it up. Right. I don't know if I'll ever find it. It's but had 27 views. Most of them me. <laughs> Basically, I put it there so it. I could always have it. Uh, is it? I'm, I'm going to mute it and just watch it on mute. Oh. You can't, you can't watch it on mute. The, the, the audio is the key. Okay. So. It, there's no there's no swearing or anything. In it. It's just it's just in bad taste, really. Uh, right. okay. But it is funny. Just, so. just play the video. Play the video. Mike. Mike, you obviously got more viscous, thankfully. What? <laughs> had diarrhea the past few days, and it's been rotten. Oh, wow. <laughs> I've had diarrhea the past few days, and it's been rotten. So I just want to clarify <laughs> how we use YouTube is not how you're meant to use YouTube. No, basically, that was the best video I've ever taken, and I wanted it to be kept somewhere where I could <laughs> always find it. How funny is that? So that, that was purely spontaneous, like just caught perfectly uh, so aye that happened uh, you'll have met the, those two guys before I have yes David and Chris anyway shout uh, out shout out to, to the Wavy Dilson and the boys uh, Chris Smith uh, uh huh so <laughs> YouTube I mean it's still on an upward curve it's beginning to saturate I think See, people have been saying that YouTube's becoming a saturated space for a long time. I think that there is... The bubble will burst, as it always do you does. Think so? Definitely. I don't, I don't think YouTube's in a bubble. I think, I, think. I think certain types of YouTube accounts will have their I peaks and troughs. I. But I, think, I definitely think that they're still... I still find, like, random YouTube accounts and they're kind of in this weird niche that I would never have thought. Well, there's definitely room for that, but as, as you say, like, there's certain types, so you're sort of, your FIFA YouTubers has been saturated for a long time, sort of oh, football yeah. on YouTube. Uh, yeah, It's really, it's just all the same content. It's gar content now, it's filled with ads, it's uh -huh. filled with sponsors, it's these personalities trying to make it more about them but than the actual the thing, game. It, they're just, not personalities. It's basically YouTube's sort of incarnation, if that's the right word, of Richard Keyes and Andy Gray. Just these sort of below-par individuals who think they're dynamite when they've got no patter. 
that. Like, and as you say, it's just all about trying to hoard as much money as possible. Uh, there's nothing wrong with wanting to make money on YouTube. Oh, I course, can understand it's a career, but yeah, because what what I think could be really cool um, is maybe like just to look through people that we subscribe to and just try and sell each other on like some of the random accounts that we've that we've followed. That could be a good shout, but I don't really know. There's nothing I really watch these days where so well, like, there's, a, there's a few there's a few I so, suppose. So I know for a fact there's going to be a few people that I'm going to go through that me and you have. Both, both watched to at least in a previous capacity. So what, what I must also say is there's a lot. I'm not going to go through all of them. I'm just going to go through like I the ones gonna, I think gonna, are going to pick the better ones worth discussing. So like um, abroad in Japan. Abroad in Japan's a good subscriber. I, I like him. He is um, Chris Broad. Guy basically lives in Japan. Uh-huh. I found out about him because he had this viral video of him getting woken up by a North Korean missile test. Was that the first time you heard of a broad in Japan? That was the first time I heard of it. So I'd heard of it before, obviously. I mean, I think I bring this up every episode. I went to Japan last summer. Uh, Did you go to Japan? Once. (laughs) Uh, And looked up, you know, like... Just try to find touristy things to do, and, and his fuck, content's brilliant for uh-huh, that. I think, the, but but he, d- he does a great line in balancing between funny content, tourist content, serious content, and just talking about his everyday because that's basically what it's about. If he was talking about his everyday life and then was going to places and going, this is great for tourists, then you're like, ah, that's not really what it's about. Uh, he does a great line in all of that. Um, He's really tried to change the way that he shoots his videos, and he's tried to improve it. I mean, there's a it's couple been of things. It's really interesting I, to see that journey. Uh-huh. There's been a couple of things I've seen when I'm like, oh, I don't know, like, it could have been a wee bit better shot, maybe just a wee bit more simplistic. But he's, he's obviously trying. making his content better, and that you yeah. can appreciate. Like when he bought the drone, I remember, uh-huh. that he made a big thing about it. It was like, uh-huh. guys, of. Like obviously, like making jokes about it, like folks like Casey Neistat, who like really, <laughs> they, they they were really like the kind of they, they, they brought that change of uh-huh. a higher quality level of video on YouTube, uh-huh. rather than just like your traditional point and shoot phone on a selfie stick vlog type. Exactly. Uh, I think as well, another thing that he does is, is really cool. Obviously, you think of Japan, you think of Tokyo, you think of you maybe think of Nagasaki and Hiroshima, the sort of big tourist like places. Whereas he lives sort of in the north of like Honshu, which is like the main island in Japan. Uh, and he does a lot to try and bring people to that part, which was obviously, reputation was destroyed by that uh, tsunami and earthquake in 2011. Um, and then the sort of Fukushima nuclear disaster that resulted in that. He's done a lot to try and bring people back to that area, which He's I also think is it? really good. Yeah. Uh, because if I were ever to go back, then... I would want to go north rather than whereas we, we went like west last time. Uh, I, I would quite like to go up and go to Sapporo and like sort of but go to places in between that you maybe wouldn't think about going. Um, one of my favourite ones that I've found uh, is another travel one, Attaché. Attaché. Uh-huh, so it's A-T-T-A-C-H-E. Uh, it's fantastic. Uh, basically this guy, I think he used to be really high up in Virgin Atlantic. Uh, so he's got a lot of contacts in terms of uh, getting flights to places, so there's no real limit on where he can go. He's an American guy. <laughs> That's Pete again with the autoplay. Lives in London. Yes, I've watched this guy for Paris. It's like how to get in, out uh-huh. and around. 
uh-huh. is that so like his, the, his that's his wee catchphrase but he's sort of changed up again he's changed up the way that he does his videos so I mean he's done from so he's done one in Sapporo Mexico City Seattle Zurich uh, Budapest Oslo Osaka St. Petersburg Cape Town like everywhere Beirut he's even done um, but rather than look at where can I go what are the tourist attractions which are you can get from any Google he would do like he looks at the cost he looks at how to get from the airport into the, the centre or if the city uh, say you were going to I don't know like, uh, like for instance the Osaka one where there is an airport but you also get the training he also talks about how to get from there um, the cost which he looks at through the price of a Big Mac because that is genuine economics like the best indicator of how expensive a nation is and that kind of thing. Um, his videos are great, the format's great, completely different from your usual type of travel YouTuber. Uh, and there's loads of different cities on there. So when we went to Rome last January, uh, his video was great for like finding good Roman food and all that kind of thing. So Get that Roman food. That mate. would be one that I would like to subscribe to. Fantastic. Or man. that I would like other people to subscribe to because he is, he is good at what yeah. he does. I mean, it's quite funny, like, even when I just thought of the idea of, like, just maybe chatting about some YouTubers, it's clear that, um, you know, once you subscribe to an account and you follow the person, you've got such an affiliation and you almost become a brand ambassador. Definitely. Just by following their videos. Uh-huh. Like, uh, you, you, you could talk for hours about some of them, I think. Are there any, just uh, very quickly, um, are there any YouTube channels that you've subscribed to that you would think, so obviously travel YouTube is quite a quite a sort of distinct thing now. Yeah. Um, is there anything a wee bit off the beaten path that you've subscribed to? Like, so maybe, maybe, maybe if you want a sort of, a bit of a help, like a, maybe like somebody like a bit of a Bill Watts or anybody who sort of does something where you go, I've just never really seen Right, okay, before. I'll hit you with one. Um, Air Force Proud 95. Okay. I'm going to go get the door. You can fill. Right. <laughs> Air Force Proud 95. <laughs> uh, let's have a look. Let's have a look at what we've got here. Uh, so the person, the door has been answered. So I'm looking at this. Uh, Air Force Proud 95 has 937,000 subs and 745 videos. Now, I'm back. Sorry about that. It looks like a flight simulator channel. Yep. <laughs> that is very neat. So this, so this guy that runs it, I think he's our age, 95. <laughs> And uh, right. he's a he's a like oh he's a pilot God. like he's a pilot in training. But what he does is he he makes like he just uses Flight Simulator X or Flight Simulator Ten or whatever it's called to crash planes. But not to crash planes. Like sometimes like he'll go in and he'll pretend like because there's people that play Flight Simulator like realistically uh-huh. and they'll like use like, like the actual like air traffic control language uh-huh. and all that stuff. And and it's so funny because like folk are on there like they kind of know what they're talking about. Then he's an actual pilot and he's like. Like he'll pretend to be air traffic control and he's like, right, you need to come in from uh, 28R and all that stuff. And so he basically like just trolls them uh-huh. because he's an actual <laughs> he's pilot. He's a real pilot. Yeah. So he makes other people crash on a flight simulator game. Yeah, but, but like just the stuff you can do in flight simulator, like he'll be doing a thing where he'll be like, right, it's all right. If, so I, ca- if, I, if I join you in your airplane and he goes, great. And, what he'll, go, pl- and, and he'll just like ram the thing into the ground? No, no, no. What he'll do, it would be a, it'd be a shame if uh, engine two just turned off and then turns it off. <laughs> And he's like, right, let's let's uh, let's see what we can do here, and then tries to, like just, like just tries to talk people through landing it. Aye. So, 
What platform is this game played on? Uh, PC. It's PC? Uh, Steam. It's, right. a, it's, a, it's a game on Steam. That is hilarious. It's really funny because he'll meet folk that are like high, just playing it. Uh-huh. Just in a random room, like just messing out with planes. And he's like, uh, welcome to Atlanta um, Air Traffic Control. What are your, uh, what's your plans for today? Oh my God. <laughs> and they'll um, to fly about. <laughs> so It's a really funny account. What, one of mine that has 2 million subscribers is uh, Oversimplified, I think I've spoken to you. I like Oversimplified. Before. It's a great channel. Uh, basically, it's sort of about, about wars. Yes. But... They've over. not got that many videos. They don't. Like that's 12, one of the things. 15? I think the animations the guy does takes him quite a while. Similar to Bill Works, I'm going to guess. Uh-huh. Um, so he's got 2 million subs off of 12 videos. Says it all. That, and mean, he's also had sponsorship for a lot of them already uh-huh, as well. Like definitely. Skillshare, I think, or Squarespace. I think both. I mean, Space, uh, Squarespace will spot I mean, but I think we're the us. only podcast that have never been sponsored by Squarespace. Um... That's a really good one, just oversimplified, all one word. Uh, Can I hit you another? Can I go for it? Bon Appetit. Bon Appetit. Have you ever heard of I'm bon assuming appetit? this is a food. Yes, so they have a they have a series called, um, what's it? I'll find it. Okay. Gourmet Makes, that's the name of the series, and it's right. a pastry chef that tries to remake foods. So like, gourmet, a pastry chef tries to make Pringles. A gourmet chef oh, tries to recreate I think Kit I've Kats, seen a couple of these. Recreates Skittles and they've got to work out how to make it. Some of BuzzFeed stuff on YouTube is quite good in terms of food. Aye. Like Aye. you see their one and it's a coffee expert tries coffee. It's, yes. a, good, it's a great video. Yes. Uh, yeah, also, these Bon Appetit ones, brilliant. I subscribe to Crofts the other day. Oh, yes. It's so funny. Give me that doggo content. Uh-huh, that, uh, popper. Um, Bing- some of them are hilarious. With some of them are so funny. Um Hilarious dog takes a dump on TV. Crofts 2012 bloopers. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is the kind of thing you get. That's the um, content you're there for. First Wee Feast. You ever watched First Wee Feast? No. That is another food account, but they do the show Hot Ones. Right. And that's where they get celebrities on, and they have to eat the hot wings, and it gets progressively ah, hotter, right, okay. and then it's all about oh, okay. kind of bringing the barriers down and interviewing them and giving them really good questions that they would normally be quite guarded about, but because they're having the spiciest hot wings that you can get, you know, their reactions tend to be totally different. I, I love that. Okay. Uh, Veritasium is a good one. It's kind of like, That's like sauce, sauce, but... But makes videos still. Uh-huh. But still gives people free content. Jim Browning. I like Jim Browning. What does he do? What's his? His his thing is uh, catching scammers online. Right. So he's an Irish guy and uh, he basically manages to like, these like fake technical support people that just con folk. Right. He's all about a, try to bam them up, but also trying to get into their systems and if seen if they make a mistake, he takes advantage. Right. Uh, he actually, he's almost like a bit of a hero, like he'll get jo- into John folks Browning? System. Jim. Jim Browning. Yeah. Right. And he'll get into people's systems and like then he'll find the victims and let them know. Ah, right, okay. And, and make sure. That's quite that, good. Yeah. Um, um, so, there's plenty out there, I think, with YouTube. Uh, that's been over half an hour we've been chatting about that, so... I think we'll wrap this wee bit up and then after this very short break, we shall talk about Huawei and travel and that kind of thing. Just to say Wow Air, not Huawei, which is what I thought you kept right. saying at wow the start. Wow Air. Wow Air. Okay. All right, we'll be back in a wee second.
And we're back after a wee toilet break. Uh-huh. How you feeling? Good. Fresh? Refreshed. As indeed. a daisy? Uh, maybe not as a daisy. Are you okay then? Moving on. Maybe a daffodil. <laughs> um, so, uh, first half we spoke about YouTube. We touched on sort of attaché abroad in Japan travel YouTube, which was a wee, a wee market that has been grown quite considerably over the past wee while. Um, one market that has not been grown has been budget airlines. It's been in massive decline over the past uh, like a couple of years. Well, they had such a boom. It did. And it, now it's... It sort of started this decade, I would say. It sort of really picked up. Um, like, seriously, I think the, the market has changed a lot. Because of the financial crash. Um... But the latest company to go out of business is Wow Air. Aye. So the reason that we thought we'd kind of talk about this is um, Easter holidays. Spring break. Spring break. I'm taking a wee trip away over the yeah. Easter holidays. I've not been in holiday since. Well, abroad I've not been since I went to Lisbon, which was last year. So that's been a fair wee chunk of time. That uh, has been a while, actually. It's been a while, yeah. It's the perks of running a business. <laughs> <laughs> so I've uh, finally scraped enough money together. So I'm, I'm away for uh, just about a week. Um, but yeah, I think what, um, you know, when we think about what we want to talk about in this podcast, we look at, you know, different industries and technology and I've, I've almost got like my own wee way of working in terms of booking a holiday. Okay. You know, like what I'll do is I'll go into, there's an app called Kiwi and you can say, you know, I want to fly from Glasgow slash Edinburgh to anywhere okay. on these particular dates and it just tells you. Show me what you've got. What you've got. Aye. And it goes across all the airlines it goes across everything. It's a bit cheaper in terms of price than Skyscanner, um, which I find to be... And also, when I first discovered Kiwi, Skyscanner didn't have an Anywhere option. They've now built in an Anywhere option. Yes. But I'm just kind of loyal. I'm loyal to loyal Kiwi to Kiwi. Exactly. Okay. Is Kiwi a company from New Zealand? Uh, I don't know. They're a massive company, though. They're absolutely insanely uh, big. I know that uh, Wow Air were an Icelandic company they were um, so I've looked it up since 2017 uh, so being in mind 2019 is just over three months old uh, 11 airline companies have gone out of business um, from Monarch do you remember Monarch, Monarch really? yeah uh, Air Berlin then we've got one that I mean I've never heard of half of these Cobalt Air Skywork Germania Fly BMI and Wow Air but were all of those companies budget because I would, I would sometimes have always considered some of them almost like they were trying to vie for a EasyJet Plus option, like they were trying to go for the extra value, but it's not quite. I would still, I would still class that as a budget airline. Ryanair reported a, a quarterly loss last month, the first since March twenty fourteen. Um, so there's a lot happening in that regard. Why do you think that's happening? Do you think it's a rising cost of fuel? No, that's been cited for a lot of companies. I think that could be cited. I think also when you have companies like... So basically, the two budget airlines that everybody thinks about proper budget airlines are Ryanair and Norwegian. And I think those two are really starting to dominate the market. Obviously, Norwegian Air had a big thing with Ryanair. They're struggling, man. I know they're struggling, but they had a big thing a couple of years ago with Ryanair where they basically took all their pilots... Um, but they're really struggling financially at the minute because I was looking at um, just to New York. Yeah, another way we get bold. Aye. I've really look at Norwegian Steve because that was always like it, when it launched, it was like you can fly from Edinburgh to New York for fifty pound return. Two hundred fifty pound, which is madness, insane. So I was like, I'll go on, and it, you know the way it's now that way where it's about two hundred and ten for a single. Uh-huh. so you're talking about at least four twenty, four fifty, and that's when you're booking ages in advance. So it's nowhere near the same value. Definitely. 
But I think that I thought that might have been due to the rising cost of fuel, potentially just due to the fact that they're struggling for money and they just haven't to charge more. What what what, what do you think is the cause of I, I all these companies getting out of business? It's definitely part of it. I also think that, uh, as I said, you've got those, I mean, Norwegian Air, if you think about it, are one of the, the biggest, they're one of the first ones that come to your mind when you think about budget airline and they're struggling. So if, if a company like that is struggling, think how all these other companies must be doing. I think that is part of it. I think um, governments, I mean, I don't really know how much governments are trying to do to cut down on pollution after the whole Paris agreement. Um, you know, that could be a factor. Uh, I also think, as I said, just like, people now... Now that we're coming out of that economic, uh, well, I mean, certain for certain people, it's still it's still really struggling. Obviously, and that that will forever be the case. But for a, for a lot of people, they're starting to maybe get a wee bit more disposable income. So maybe would now rather fly a, a wee bit of a better airline. Cause I'm not going to lie, I've flown Ryanair a few times. And it has been dreadful. See, I'm actually quite the opposite. I've flown with Ryanair quite a few times, and I've never had any issues. I've never had an issue. I've had a f- I've had a few issues. There's, I mean, I mean, there's been. Like uh, so, obviously that I mentioned that I went to Rome. Uh, the flight out there had to be pushed uh, back a day because of the whole Norwegian thing. So that meant that we were only in Rome for like thirty six hours. Uh, there was within the same holiday when we were flying back. So we flew from Rome to Prague in the Czech Republic or Czechia. As it's now known. Uh, is it not Czechia? I thought you said it like that. Is it right, Czechia? I just because it's the Czech Republic, I just assumed it would be Czechia, but you know, whatever. Uh, when we were flying back from Prague, um, basically there were two queues to get your hand luggage checked, to, like, tagged. Uh, one of the people was weighing the the and like making sure they fitted into that tiny wee bit, which is the first time I'd ever seen that on any flight. And I get those rules, but. See if you want to keep. See if you want to enforce those rules. Enforce them on every flight, and people will obey them. Don't like half arse it. Uh, another thing. So basically, we were in the queue, and people were being charged like eighty euros if their bag was over. It's ten kilograms in Ryanair. And I was it? in the two as well, because like, I had a I had a rucksack, which w- I think it would have just about fit in the in the thing. But I was like, ah, this weighs a ton. So I was worried about that, and then Gemma had like a suitcase, and I was like, oh no, here we go. And we're getting closer and closer to the front, and you can see the two of them in the flight. Because this guy had just decided to do this. Holding everyone up. 45 minutes late already, because he was doing this. (laughs) Because he was making, basically making people pay to put it in hold. Um, We were getting closer and closer to the front, we can see it, and we're like, oh no, no. And then we went to the guy who basically was, he was just like on you go like this <clears> is basically saying it was ridiculous but do you know that way like you're on a flight and you're sat next to somebody who's paid 80 euros for the same for the same experience thing you've, you've had, had for free yep and it just the things like that where i in here and it just really puts your nose out of joint i think uh, it's one of those ones that's the lack of consistency no one would like like the fact that they're not prepared to have people board earlier so that you can have everyone's bag weighed uh-huh. um, is kind of rough. Like, I don't know. Like, I wouldn't say it's bad that some people got charged and some people didn't. It just seems like bad management that everyone wasn't charged. I would say, like, I would I would honestly say... Like, charge, charge everyone. Charge everyone. It's over or charge no one at Like, all. I know that's not good for the consumer to say that, 
but, but, but uh, I mean, at the, the consistency end, at the end the, of the day, right? Those rules are there. Exactly. So because I'm flying with EasyJet on my trip. Okay. And they they basically just stipulate size, but they say there's no weight limit, uh-huh. so it can be as heavy as you like. Look, there is a limit as to what you could get in a in a. So, I think EasyJet's like um, 55 by 45 by 35. Something like that. Which is fairly big. It's really good. It's Easy, really good. I, I like EasyJet. I've flown with them a few times. I like. Um, I like, is it? Uh, I like Jet Two. I've flown with them once back from Barcelona. I've only flown with Jet Two when I've been like family breaks, like out to Mallorca and oh, stuff that, like that, that. They're good for that kind of thing. I flew uh, back from Barcelona with them one time, and I flew Ryanair out and flew Jet Two back, and it was like night and day. I find Ryanair planes really dingy, and that kind of thing. Obviously, you're not paying for luxury, but still, Air France are good. KLM are good. Um, you know, it's just it's just it's just the wee things when you're travelling that I think like see that just that wee bit of extra leg room and that kind of thing. But uh, you were talking about Kiwi. Yes, because what I wanted to basically talk a little bit about was obviously these budget airlines going out of business, so there's going to be a lot less choice. So how relevant to the services like Kiwi and Skyscanner become? Um, now, obviously, I asked you a little bit earlier, like what you thought the reason was in terms of these budget airlines going out of business, and uh-huh. I think a lot of it could probably be attributed to like. Um, almost like a race to the bottom. Like, how many times have you seen, like, the Ryanair uh, sales, like, seats from nine ninety nine? Uh-huh. They still do it, and it's because Ryanair are that big that they've got the scale and the the ability to sell seats at £10 because they know well, that they're going to be able to charge other folk more, so it's all like balances a loss out. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're a loss leader. Um, so I, I looked up a, a wee article on CNN, and uh, I don't know who it is that they're, um, they've quoted from, but basically what they're saying is smaller competitors can't keep up with the top budget carriers because they lack the required scale to negotiate discounts and price items like jet fuel. Uh-huh. Which is what I said to you. I think a lot of the rising cost of jet fuel and these smaller companies can't negotiate the same rates. Their costs then go through the roof. So they are they are having to take a loss just to be at the same price as the likes of Ryanair. Like they need to, uh-huh. because they're having to pay more in fuel. But then they say also that national carriers, so like bigger um, firms like um, British Airways, all that type of stuff, they're saddled with legacy costs and expectations that prevent them from adopting the tactics of the cheaper upstarts. Definitely. So like, like British Airways can't be seen to be charging £20 a seat because then their reputation and what they're kind of renowned for has been more of a, a, not an upper class, but a more premium experience. Uh-huh. It almost just dilutes that and they don't want to be seen I to mean, be... I what, mean, what you, what you could do is you could have... I mean, this is just completely off the off the off the dome, but uh, British Airways, if they wanted to do that, could almost just start create up a separate, a separate brand. company Se- and separate call it brand. like British Airways Budget Bab rather Bab. than B A B A B that kind of thing. And people people would choose to fly on that, and it's basically what they could market themselves as. Because obviously, I would say, but there's obviously enough of a market for British Airways to keep going. Definitely. Otherwise, they've not because do, they've not done it. Definitely, um, but you know, if the day came then it could be a viable option. Because to me, you've got your sort of Ryanair, Norwegian, Huawei, sort of the, the, the low tier. Then you've got your EasyJet, your KLM, that kind of like just on the rung above that. And then yeah, they're, they're got, almost like middle of the road. Uh-huh. And I, I know a lot of business folk will tell you that if you're in the middle, you'll die. But when it comes to being an airline, sometimes you get sick of the cheap stuff but then you don't want to stomach the expensive cost. Of course. See, so, so you go for an EasyJet or a KLM? Ultimately, two hour flight somewhere. Most places in Europe for us are within two, three hours on a, on a flight. So You can stomach it. <laughs> you, can, you can bear 
Uh, it bear is a really that's such a first world problem. Look at us having to bear a flight to Europe. Uh uh-huh, um, and then you've got like your one, so your sort of British Airways. I, I'm really struggling at the minute to think of a more up end airline like Emirates, but they tend they tend to be more like long haul. Yeah, like American Airlines, but then then it, it becomes more longer haul because that's where the money is. Uh huh. There's a lot of money in charging long for four five hundred quid because like Aer Lingus. An Irish company, uh-huh. but they're renowned for flying from like Dublin like straight trans- to New York, big transatlantic stuff. Uh, yeah, <coughs> definitely. Like, um, totally agree with that kind of thing. Uh, but you wonder now if budget airline travel with, I mean, even your bigger companies making losses is going to slowly sort of die out. Could well do. I think <laughs> certain companies might be a bit too big to die, your sort of Ryanairs and stuff like that, but you never know what could happen, like um, I think it's just kind of it's never encouraging to see companies or industries consolidating, you want to have competition, you want to be able to have people who can disrupt the industry and you don't with companies like Huawei and such going out of business it almost gives Ryanair a monopoly on that uh-huh. kind of budget airlift. So they're just going to capture that full market. Anyone who's just price conscious looking to travel, the only real place you're going to be able to go is Ryanair, unless EasyJet have got a sale. Like that's, it becomes that at, at, at a point now. But there, mean, aren't, there aren't those smaller companies. It's one of them where you're kind of like, would I pay 30 quid for a return with Ryanair or would I pay 60 quid but for that's a return the thing for EasyJet? But that's not even the case now. You're, you're starting to find that a return with Ryanair is about 100 quid, but then EasyJet's 170, 180. Prices are higher, I think. Uh, well, I've just went on there, on Skyscanner, and like picked somewhere that has like a low price. Edinburgh to Bordeaux. Lovely. Lovely. Sounds like a nice wee trip. South of France. Yeah. 25th to the 28th of May for £46 return. It's brilliant. You can't complain. You cannot complain, but let's see what the airline is. That's, the th- that's what Skyscanner does quite well. And of course... Ryanair. It's Ryanair. Um, because they, they just always hold Ryanair. that market. Always Ryanair. Um, another, oh, another one I see quite a lot is it Vueling. Vueling, yes. Vueling they're Spanish, one. I think. Um, I think they're Spanish or Portuguese. Uh, but then, um, they're brilliant as well. But yeah, Ryanair. Ryanair for short haul. Uh, well, Vueling for short haul as well, but they just don't have many locations in Scotland. No, that's that's the main issue, is that there's a lot of other budget airlines that, you know, we might have many listeners shouting at their phone right now going, what about this airline? Uh-huh. But you become, it becomes a bubble, because if there's no other budget airlines near where you live... I think especially with the UK being an island nation. Exactly. kind of rules that out. Totally. Uh, but Ryanair are the one. Ryanair was Irish. Yeah. Um, it's easy for them to start... Local and you know, build I'm out actual, from there. I'm actually really tempted by that. Do you going to do it? <laughs> Can we have a live podcast purchase? Come uh, on, do it. Do no, it. no, no, I mean, no. Because I've still got that. Uh, I've still got the Airbnb voucher to use. You so that'd be three digs. Do and it. then I've got to see what the uh, 25th to 28th of May is. Uh, that's the it's prime time. That's the day after my uh, close courses closing ceremony. Oh, so you'd be free at that I'd point. Be free as a bird. Um, I didn't do it. Let's just see the Bordeaux experiences on Airbnb. I <laughs> can't believe this has turned into this. But we'll go for the dates. We'll go for the dates. We'll see what we've got. So we'll go 25th to 27th. Uh, 25th to 28th, is it not? 
don't you shorten yourself out in a day here no but the flight's too early that you wouldn't oh. be able to get any experiences then got you Bordeaux best bakeries in history tour 26 euros per person uh, walk around the market and aperitif time authentic French cooking at home Bordeaux by e-scooter some of these are really oh, weird oh e-scooters man yes yeah, but there's nothing that singles you out as a tourist then more about in an e-scooter uh huh uh, I think that could be fun, man. If there was be, if there was a wine tasting one, I would be all over it. Oh, wine tasting and Bordeaux bars tour, forty five euros a person. There you go. Oh. It's the same price as your flights, but there you go. I know, but you know, <laughs> remember the there's a hundred dollar vouchers because of this whole thing that happened last year. Right, so fill the folk in. Uh, For those who haven't listened to all the podcasts, right. you had an issue whereby the law changed in Japan. Yes. So you were staying two in, weeks. in Airbnbs throughout Japan, and two weeks before you left, um, the law changed whereby people who were um, uh, listing their home or part of their home in Airbnb, they then had to register that with the authorities or something to that uh-huh. effect. Um, so Airbnb had to um, reimburse you because you had a Numerous lot of cancellations, uh-huh. you had a lot of rejigging, you had a lot of hassle, a lot of stress that you know you weren't planning on. So Airbnb obviously to make that up and to apologise for that, obviously it's out of their control. So I was very impressed by the fact that they gave you quite a considerable amount of... Uh, uh-huh. So for every cancellation you got, the amount that you paid as a full refund uh, and then a $100 voucher for every cancellation. Uh so I'm trying to find out how many uh, vouchers I have currently. Um, I've just found the reviews about me. Some of them are quite funny. Oh, sparkling clean. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, they were the ones that I had written. Um, yeah, messages are going here. No. Uh, right, so I'll, I'll have a dig about uh, and I'll find, I'll find what we've got. I think if I click on an experience and go to book it, then it will show me what vouchers are. Shows you the vouchers you've got available. So let's go for the wine one. Oh, the, the wine one? The okay. wine one. Let's go for the, 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 wine, the, the wine, wine tasting experience. The wine one. Wine tasting and Bordeaux bars too. So whilst you... Um, whilst I do that, if you would like to, to fill for a wee second. Four samples of wine, about Mr. two glasses in total. I'm putting that back on. Absolutely love this. It's hilarious. The guy in Twitter that did this is just what a hero. Excuse me. I thought your vouchers expired. No, because I was given a year on the vouchers. Got you. Uh, but I, so whilst you kind of go through that, what I thought could be really cool just to discuss was. The fact that, you know, you've got Skyscanner and Kiwi and then, you know, you've got these kayak other apps. Kayak is like another one. Kayak I'm not a fan of one. kayak. No, I don't, I don't tend to find the best rates on kayak. No, not at all. Airbnb, obviously, for uh, accommodation is a real game changer. You know, if you're happy to stay in a flat rather than a hotel, um, it can be really good to get a prime location at not a prime pr- price. Um, I've only used Airbnb a couple of times. I know you're a big brand ambassador almost for Airbnb at this point even uh-huh. with all the stresses and strains that you've had with it haven't they your full Japan trip getting thrown up there like oh the uh, the future reservations one was a year I think uh, but the uh, experiences were six months so you can still get free digs I think so did I tell you about the... I'm, I'm sure I told you, but I don't know if I said it in the podcast before. We'd booked an experience in Tokyo Bay. 
and it was like a like a boat ride. <laughs> you have told me this story. This is great for the podcast. So actually. we get so so we're, we're there, right? And it's like it's lovely sun sun splitting the trees, and uh, we get so it's basically just that in this it's sort of near the sky tree. So it's kind of. I say near the sky, Tokyo near the sky tree, so it was about five miles to the sky tree, um, and so basically we just we got the like the underground, got off at a stop, walked for like twenty minutes, and we walked over a bridge over the bay. It was really nice. We got down to the wee bit that we were supposed to meet Nagaya. It was just that just that sort of random bit. It genuinely like just walking down to just a random bit in the Clyde, uh, and there's like a guy, so. And the boat was really nice, and so it was like basically just me, Gemma, and one other person had booked it. And then it was obviously the guy doing it. Um, so we're on the boat, uh, and like we just put the sort of put the life jackets on the usual kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> and he's like taking away the mooring ropes from the boat, so he takes the mooring ropes away, and the boat just starts to sort of drift away from the for the sort of side wall in Tokyo Bay and he's like out on the side of the boat and we're like in putting the life jackets on we can back up and he comes round and do you know that way it's a very Scottish if not British thing to be quite sarcastic and make jokes that just don't quite to, to anyone else would seem quite uncomfortable jokes to make but we're quite socially awkward people uh-huh so he he comes up uh, and goes like that oh um like I've I, I broke my arm, <laughs> right? And I'm kind of didn't know how to take it with the way he said it, because he said it deadpan. But obviously in the back of your head you're going, he's at it. Gemma then starts laughing because she thinks he's made a joke, and he's like, ah, no, genuinely, I've broken my <laughs> my arm. So he then had to with one hand going through what would be severe pain. <laughs> <laughs> Had to Cannot then believe this happened to you. R- like remoor this boat, and to be fair to him, absolutely fair play to the guy. He he, he managed it right. So this is a so I basically messaged him. <laughs> so he was like, I need to go to the hospital. So yes, yeah, was, you do. Do you, know, do you know that way? It was like this is so uh, like strange, and you know the full thing is quite weird how it's happened and that kind of thing uh, I'm trying to find the conversation we had with the guy because basically I had asked him what happened and just to ask him if he was alright just to be like courteous and stuff because obviously the Airbnb things about that's what it's about real people mate uh, basically I think what happened was now it's not actually shown his reply but he definitely did reply to it uh, I just said to him like, "Hi, they're just making sure you're okay after what happened earlier." Da, da, da. And he got <laughs> he got back. He broke his wrist in two places and had to get like metal bolts put into his wrist to keep it in the correct place. Wow. Uh huh. Wow. But do you know that way you could see when he had brought it when he came back round, you could see in his arm. Do you know that way when like, there's pressure building and like somebody's vein pure rises to the surface and you can just see it. Oh. And it looks like no. a, it looks like a stream flowing beneath the skin. It was like that, but like all over his arm. And he was just kind of like, mate, what, what is happening to you? That's not good. 
Because this is like the day before we are due to leave. We've obviously had, I, I mean, I don't know what curse we took to Japan. <laughs> obviously, we had like six cancellations on Airbnbs. <laughs> one of which was when we were in Hiroshima on the 22nd. We were due to be in Tokyo on the 25th. They cancelled it. And obviously, last minute stuff on Airbnb is quite expensive. And we had no money. And we were like, ah, oh my God. Because obviously, all the money we had was yen. And we're like, Christ, what is going to happen here? Uh, and then that happened. I'm sure other stuff happened as well. There was something there was an earthquake. Oh, <laughs> Aye, there was an earthquake. Classic, um, classic Japanese trip. So, uh, earthquake. We had, uh, we had awoken uh, in Tokyo the first time we were in Tokyo. Uh, and we're due to get the Shinkansen, the bullet train, to Kyoto. And we woke up, we went to Tokyo Station. So we were in Shinjuku, which is like the opposite end of Tokyo. But you can get the, the Yamanote line, it's called. I mean, absolute godsend, that thing. So we got that round. That was also the day that I accidentally got on the women's only carriage. <laughs> Uh, oh. But they obviously, like, oh. they were looking at me as if to say, You shouldn't be here. What are you doing? And then it took me like four stops to realise, and I was like, All right, I need to go here. I'm not staying here. Because obviously, after a while, they're just kind of like, oh, I was just a tourist, just an idiot. So I was like, All right, I'll move through to the next carriage. Because it was like, the, the carriage was like pink. <laughs> and I didn't realise, because obviously, there's quite a big um, culture in Japan of men groping women in public spaces, which is really weird. Uh, but you know I did my bit I moved away and then I got off we got off at Tokyo Station which is a lovely train station it's modelled on Amsterdam Central for anybody who's ever been there so it looks European Uh, we got off at Tokyo Station and the queues for the bullet train tickets were huge and that way it was like this is 12 in the day why is the queues this big and then on the TV screen like it came up and we're looking at it and it showed like all this destruction so I then went on my phone and looked it up and it was like uh, magnitude 7 earthquake hits Kansai region and I was like ah, well alright Jim was like ah, where are we going I was like Kansai region oh <laughs> like no 50 miles from the epicentre of the earthquake oh my god uh, and then uh, that must have been a panic so it was a panic because uh, I'd also looked into the travel insurance and uh, earthquake <laughs> like it was not covered. You've been absolutely uh, done going like, to Japan I, without been, earthquake I've been cover. Stung right, and because I, obviously I, I mean naive of me, it presumed that you would be covered in event of a natural disaster. That seems like a a human thing to do, but no. Uh, but you know we eventually got a train. Uh, we were supposed to get to Kyoto for three. We got there at six. That's a Scotrail delay right there. Uh-huh. <laughs> but for a seven magnitude earthquake. Uh, and basically what happened was uh, after that, because that was, that was the day as well that me and Gemma had been out for five years. What a way to celebrate. So we went and treated ourselves to that uh, Kobe beef. Yakiniku oh. that we had. So I was like, ah, it made up for it. Uh, it was an eventful day to say the least, but I... Wow. Uh, so then Airbnb cancellations, broken arms. Um, At least it wasn't your arm broken. No. I'm happy for that. I'm happy with that. I think that. also a Shinkansen get cancelled uh, while we were there because somebody was hit by it. Could you imagine that thing nope. 
hitting you. And I don't want to. I mean, to be fair, t- talk about tearing the plaster off quick. Yeah. 200 miles an hour, just boof, there you Long. go. In the right. game. So, I'm going to close out, man. <laughs> we, have to, we have to close out. That has been a, a round hour. Fantastic. Um, Good so effort. Where can, the, where can the lovely people yes. get in so, touch? I just want to say thank you for listening. Thank, thank you for you. making it to this point. We really appreciate it. Um, if you want to get in touch, if you want to let us know about any weird niche YouTubers, I think you can get by the way we've spoken about YouTubers as we're not watching Logan Paul and all that nonsense. No, we, no, we like no, the kind of no. wee niche weird stuff so by for sure send us some recommendations uh-huh. if there's a budget airline that's in your country that we didn't mention and you know they're just tearing the market up let us know i'm very curious to see what what different airlines there are out there that maybe people like me and you just don't uh-huh, see like because we are always flying from glasgow and edinburgh you know Aye. and you know if you've got any other questions or anything about just tech and culture in general uh, we'd love to hear and potentially discuss what you've what's on your mind um so you can get in touch um on social media, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Technically Pod, and we have a, a lovely email address: hello at technicallypod.co.uk. And to close out, if you're extremely brave and like talking, um, if you download the Anchor app, that's who we use to make our podcast. They've yeah, got a really good. cool voicemail feature where you can just leave a message. We're able to play it in the podcast. And um, it's a really good way for us to kind of bring folk in for discussion without them having to write out a lengthy email. Just Definitely. say what's on your mind and exactly. go for it. Exactly. And we will perhaps play it out. So uh-huh. uh, one thing I want to say before it goes well is, uh, Peter, enjoy your holiday. Thank uh, you. This will come out on Monday the 8th of April and we will hopefully be back on the 15th. We will try our best. Thank you for listening and goodbye. Happy spring break.